Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, feeling run down, but fearing an attack, the Heralds of Greenness decide to take another short rest and see what might come after them next. Bucks and Travancore hear talking off in the distance, a strange voice, and another that sounds like Carlton talking about tactics. But after an hour, nothing happens. Bernie puts on a show to make fun of the beholder, hoping to goad it out into the clearing, but instead they see it flee back into the woods. As the group decides to rest, Travancore once again sees the beholder hiding nearby, crying, and accuses the group of being mean, keeping it from Ekthiarn, and how everyone just wants it dead, before once again fleeing into the grove. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Obercrazy. I'm drinking the same thing two weeks in a row because we have a six-pack of it. So the Scout-Hopped Marionberry Cider has is having a comeback. And it was good enough the first time, so I'm happy enough to have it a second time. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is something I'm calling a Masala Morning. It is in my 20-sided dice mug that my friend Travi made for me. And in this uh, mug, the contents include cold brew coffee, half and half, Sailor Jerry rum, honey, and a little bit of masala tea spice. It's actually really, really yummy. Ooh. It's a variation of a rum iced coffee, but like since I added the masala, I just, I'm just calling it a masala morning. I'm okay with this. Yeah, you, you should post that somewhere because I, I'd like to try that. But where? But where could we possibly post it? If only we had like a Twitter or an Instagram that we could possibly post that to. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Medge Muscular. And tonight I just have a Up Yours Putin. And once again, it is Diet 7 Up and vodka, and it's quite good. I have a couple ready to go here, and I'm ready to. I don't know. I'm kind of ready. I, I was. There's been a bell curve, or actually a bell pit with the Feywild. Like it started out, I was like, ah, this sucks. And it's like, oh, wow, this really sucks. And it's like, oh, hey, Ekthiarn. And now it's getting back to the suck. Just want to go. Ah, uh, Jonathan the Man Muscular just wants to go home. And tonight's shot of Fireball, to be consumed <laughs> at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to the brand new Wizards of the Coast D&D show, Clerical Error, DM'd by none other Aww. than our own Oboe Crazy. It stars uh, Greg Tito, Trick Jarrett, Michelle Sutterfield, Maris Milani, and uh, sorry, Maris Milani, and uh, Demetrios Ferros. And it is, uh, despite its name, it is not a band of clerics. It's a band of other people. And it's DM'd by uh, Lauren. So it is awesome. Aw. Bernie, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, I also have the same thing as last week. I almost said last year, but I have had this before in a year so it's fine when this episode airs we will it's perfect that it's canadian we'll be celebrating uh my one year anniversary in canada uh, so i definitely did have this sometime last year it's a bose lug tread we'll also be celebrating my birthday when this airs so 
That's what I thought you were going to say, but, you know, I wasn't going to call it out it, on air. It's, so. uh, it's actually, like, it goes, we moved me up, and then two days later was my birthday. So it's a uh, one That's year right. in Canada 31 years of life type celebration. Don't oh, that's have, right. We're I a decade apart. A fucking puppy. You and I. I'm sorry. Somebody's got their dog on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, we are we are a wide-ranging aging podcast. Well, uh, no, podcast. We, like yeah. we're nearly yeah. a decade apart because really? uh Jules's birthday is a couple of days before mine. I, She's yes. turning 31, I'm turning 41. Welcome to the 41 Club. And I'm like roughly in the middle. Happy birthday. Birthday yes, happy birthday. Happy early birthday to the both of you. And uh, someone who does have that aforementioned puppy in their lap. Carlton, what are you drinking? So I have the very last of the weird sodas that we got from RTX. Uh, and this is hopefully going to be the best of the bunch. This is pumpkin pie soda. So let's see how this tastes. That does not look like pumpkin pie. I, I wasn't imagining it to be pink. So it's definitely the best of the bunch. I still wouldn't call it good. Yeah, I was about uh, to say. It's a very low bar. It's it's really like it's got all that. It basically, it tastes like a basic bitch. It's it's pumpkin spice, <laughs> which should be good as as a fellow white person who does enjoy the pumpkin spice. That should be good, but this is this is not a good version. Mm. Well, there you go. Once again, I will put the call out to our dungeon drunk fans. If you have suggestions for things that are uh, sodas that John can drink that on the air, that don't suck. That don't suck, because I think I think he's gone through kind of a, a rough patch of sodas, and yeah. I think he deserves to have some good ones. You're finally free, bud. Have you ever had Sundrop? No. That is, if you want some fucking mountain people soda. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Wait. It's it's basically like a lemon-lime soda. Uh, I was about to say, it's a citrusy soda, right? Because I think soda. I've seen it before. Long before mm. Mountain Dew was like the thing you associated with country mountain people, Sundrop and RC Cola. Which is funny because Mountain Dew, I don't associate with mountain people. I associate it with like hardcore gamer yeah. nerd. Oh, associate really? it with gremlins. So that... <laughs> exactly. Like, Mel Torme. I love that eventually <laughs> the fan art of Gremlin Diva became an actual thing that but that uh, Blizzard embraced. They're like, yeah, she's a slob. She loves uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew. And there her, you go. In, in her la- in her live action short, she opens a can. Someone opens a can of her soda, and it says "Enjoy" in in her voice. And I'm just like, of course she would. Yep. Why wouldn't she? Well, she's she's a branding genius, is what she is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna tell you that uh, Mountain Dew is associated with mountain people, and not in a positive stereotypical way, but in the way people negatively stereotype Appalachian peoples. And I dislike it because half my family's from those mountains. But also, I was once in a gas station in those mountains, and I saw a toddler holding a bottle of Mountain Dew that they were like chugging on. Oh God. Oh. Adults should not drink that, nonetheless, children. But no, yeah. Sundrop's really good. I'll get you, we'll find you some Sundrop, and we'll find you some RC Cola, and I'll send you Moon Pies with it. RC <gasps> Cola is solid. RC Cola yeah. is solid. Yes. And Moon Pies are pretty good. You know what's not in the Feywild? RC Cola and Moon Pies. And oh, there's no tea. There might be an equivalency. You don't know. You could always ask. But as you wake up from your long rest, which Jonathan has accurately predicted was kind of actually during the day, but you did manage to get in a long rest. So most of you are feeling better. Jonathan, that negative for you is gone. 
Carlton, yours is back down to a negative D4 to ability checks and attack rolls. Now that you've actually gotten a long rest in. Hold on. Let me try and remember things. All right. Pythagorean's theorem. My first uh, lesson in fire mechanics. Oh, my that one uh, that one session in Portal Ball where where we went over like like holographic film and I, I found out that I, I need to go like left and not right. OK, remember all that. Guys, I think I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's nice. My memory's still hazy. No, I mean, I'm not like like the thing that Carlton had the drain or whatever that I had for a bit. I don't have it anymore. Carl, is you still there? What did we do yesterday? I don't remember. Oh shit! Oh dear. Uh, that's not. That's not un. That's not abnormal. And uh, Bernie's gonna come over to Jonathan. She's gonna give him like a little medical exam to make sure that like, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna sit down and he's gonna like straighten his back and just. And she's gonna like she's gonna do that thing where she's like looking in his eyes and she's like <laughs> pulling his face and she knows that none of that is necessary. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna do it to be obnoxious. Jonathan recognizes that on some level Bernie has to do this, so he allows it. All right. Well, as it, long it, as you're it being... helps everyone, right? Well, I will. I will say, Bernie, if you'd like to roll a medicine check while you're being semi-obnoxious about how you do it, you're more than welcome to. All right, sure thing. Let me. I kind of imagine that, like, she's like crawling every once in a while onto him, like she's like oh, she's straddling his shoulders right here and like looking in in his ear and stuff. Yeah, and, <laughs> like measuring his head. <laughs> she she like. Takes a piece of bark from the ground and she rolls it up and makes it into like a little thing she can look in your ear in, like you know the doctor does. Yeah. And she like she like <laughs> shines like her like light cantrip in there, and she's like, "That's awesome, Jonathan." Yeah. There are dinosaurs in here. Oh dear. That's what my doctor used to tell me when I was an actual child. My doctor <laughs> used to tell me I had dinosaurs in my ears, which I believed gleefully. Yeah, why not? Who wouldn't want to have, like, a, a stegosaurus in their ear canal? Told me there were dinosaurs in my ears. Uh, that's a 19 on a medicine check. An <laughs> unnecessary are, medicine check. Are there check. dinosaurs in Jonathan the Vaginomuscular's ear? No. Roll a deception check. No, you don't have to. Okay. No, she's just joking. <laughs> she's like, there's... Are, is your, are your ears a portal to Chult? I mean, they could be. As Bernie is, like, you know, looking and, and, and talking about, like, dinosaurs and portals and monsters in the dark jonathan the magimuscular wants to consider the current situation and he wants to think so i'm assuming travancore relayed the events of the beholder burn oh yeah i mean i feel like it, it kind of buried the lead with all this uh this medicine checky stuff but like as you guys are waking up and everything travancore relays that um you know you saw the beholder again and the beholder community what the whole communicated to him it's interesting. And that Bernie made the beholder cry. Well, so... Yeah. It seems weird that, one, you could affect it emotionally. And if it was in charge of all these things that are coming after us, why would it retreat? Like, if it's, if it's like, if it's able to lead, like, this bevy of monsters, like, us being rude to it, Shouldn't have done anything. So Unless it wasn't. Right. It's not in charge. And the Carlton clone, whatever it was, was trying to get it. Uh, does Jonathan the Magic... How much does Jonathan the Magic Muscular know about Beholders? I, I feel like I've had this check before, but I don't remember what I got on it. 
Yeah, you did a check when you first entered, when you were first leaving Mithrendian and you encountered the old woman who was selling those beholder trinkets and everything. And and you had a check. What specifically are, are you trying to remember anything in specific? And I'll, I want to know why it was trying to position itself a certain way. You mean the the over the things that Bucks overheard about where right. it was being? Okay, you go ahead and roll an intelligence check. While you do that, Bernie, what you figure out from your uh, half-joking but half-serious examination of Jonathan is that whatever it was that he was suffering from, it was definitely a, a mental illness. You've never encountered this type of thing before. You have heard about it in relationship to things like mind flayers, which you've you've heard about, but you've never actually seen. Uh, but definitely something specific that drains a person's memories and that it would leave this kind of void behind. It wouldn't necessarily remove those memories, but something something like sucking out and duplicating those memories would, would leave this residual pain that would last for a little while that all right so a long rest you think you actually think now that you've seen the cycle and done this examination that a greater restoration would also have fixed this if you wanted to fix it quickly because you you looked at carlton before and you kind of at that point figured out oh lesser restoration is not going to be enough so yeah it seems like it takes a long rest to either get rid of it or to reduce the effects because it's it's such a big mental scar. Mm. Does Bernie remember, aside from Mind Flayers, does she remember hearing about it in relationship to Beholder? Well, hold that thought. Jonathan, what was your check? 21. I'm going to have this conversation out loud. And Bernie tells you guys what she, what she has remembered after doing this examination. And she says, I wonder if this has anything to do with beholders. Because Bernie, you really don't know that much about beholders. But Jonathan has studied them. And Bernie doesn't know that much about beholders, but she knows how to make them cry. <laughs> she absolutely. She knows. That's all she you know. needs to know. But with those two bits of knowledge, Jonathan, with your check... A, making a beholder cry, that's super weird. B, draining memories and psychic attacks that you don't know of any of the standard beholders that do that. There might be some weird offshoot, you don't know. But as far as like the one that you've seen, the one that was sleeping in the Pixie Village, the one that it, that you saw out there, the Travancore saw crying, no, that's not anything a regular beholder can do. Did the two beholders look the same? Um, you didn't get a look. I think actually only Travancore got a look at it. So Travancore, when, when he comes gets back, <laughs> when he gets back, we'll have him make that check. The other thing, so you were kind of thinking about the the tactics that Bucks overheard being discussed, and you do realize the things that Bucks heard was this Carlton creature saying to the beholder what to do, and. You think about it for a second and you're like, well, yeah, if it, you know, the central eye on this thing, on beholders in general, do anti-magic cones and anything that they're looking at with that big central eye, all magic is nullified. So yeah, looking at you and looking at Bernie would probably be horrible. And yeah, Carlton, you know, they were mentioning something about this other Carlton was mentioning something about staying high so that... I couldn't catch him or get him. And, and yeah, Carlton would be kind of in trouble if the the creature attacking you was 20, 30 feet off the ground. You would not be able to reach him very well. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that, buddy. 
as as far as Carlton knows, he has he doesn't have wings, you know. And so so yeah, the tactics that were being discussed, they were being offered up to the beholder as though the beholder needed to be told these things, but also as though they were being told to the beholder by somebody who like if Carlton was actually spilling the beans on how to effectively attack you as a group. These are all legitimate strategies that like if he went rogue, that's what he would tell people. Travancore, roll an insight check. Ten. Okay. As this talk of beholders comes up and Jonathan idly wonders if the one that, that you saw, the one that was crying, if it was the same one that was sleeping in the, the pixie village, you're not sure. You, you were the only one who really caught a, a look at it and saw it a couple of times and it was trying to remain hidden and out of sight a lot of the time. Um, and it's a beholder. I mean, how do you tell distinguishing features on a beholder? Mm. Travancore's racism shows. They're both beholders. <laughs> if you're too scared to look at it closely, it's going to look like a beholder. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to consider that this creature had all of Carlton's, seemingly a bunch of Carlton's knowledge, could change shape and people that break down into red goo. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to see if there's anything that kind of lines up with that. Because they've in- he's encountered a shapeshifter before. Like maybe this is a kind of shapeshifter or something. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants a clue as to what they're facing. Because it clearly isn't necessarily the beholder that's the mastermind. There's something else. Okay, yeah. Uh, roll a nature check. Nature, nature, nature. Uh, 17. You think about it for a while. You're pretty sure this isn't a shapeshifter. It's definitely not a beholder. And beholders, as far as you know, cannot do anything like this. Has Jonathan ever actually been in the Underdark? Didn't we go foraying into... Was Isn't that where the, the cavern was? Or was that like... not? That was only Underdark adjacent. That was Under Mountain. That was uh, Jonathan under mountain. Muscular has, I don't think, has ever been to the Underdark. You can't necessarily picture exactly what this thing is once again the stuff that bernie talked about with what you and carlton were suffering they sound a little bit like what a mind flare would do to somebody but you know you've studied mind flares that's kind of a hot topic the the, the war with the mind flares is ever ongoing and you study hard to make sure that you know what to do if those things come up come around i mean i'm kind of like a filet mignon for them up here uh, yeah, thinker. and you know, if any anyone who went to any kind of school is cautious about mind flares, and this kind of sounds like what a mind flare would do. But you know, the mind flares don't—they don't, don't shape shift. They're not made out of goo, so you think there might be something to what a mind flare, you know, adjacent creature would be. Something a mind flare might be controlling. You don't know. You're not exactly sure. Hmm. But you know it's not a shapeshifter. You know it's it's nothing you've ever encountered before. It's it this thing is this thing is weird. Now you think if you had a little bit like if you had some of it to examine, or if you could see it, you know, just kind of extrapolating on what it's done to you, you can only right, get so right. much information. All right. Uh well, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to kind of brush himself off, catch mage armor, and Say, well, uh, at least we've eliminated a couple of things. Question, though, if that beholder, if we see it peeking around like a tree, 
and it's looking for Ectiarn again. Do we figure out why it wants to see Ectiarn and what it's wanting to fix? Maybe it's not actually Beholder. Maybe it's something else that got turned into Beholder. Not only that, but figure out who's prompting him to all of this. Yeah, maybe maybe he's seen whatever other Carlton is. Do we have our? Do we still have our exes? Yeah, I'd say unless you rub them off. She put them. Bernie put them on your foreheads in paint. <laughs> so I I would think you'd need some active. Rubbing. You know, if something get it off. Watching us, it's always possible that they could mimic the paint. Maybe. So maybe we should like. We should all wear hats. Yes. Do we have hats? I do. And I put on the hat of disguise. Bernie wears a diadem. Hmm. You can tell it's me from the sense of resignation and the facepalm. And I facepalm. So Jonathan's like, do we have hats? And I went, I do. And I put on the hat of disguise. And now I'm asshole asshole and Carthra. So it's only gotten me. It's only gotten Jonathan the Magimuscular and Carlton, right? Yeah, it hasn't touched me. Yeah. Jonathan, you would also know um, when you saw the the Carlton that appeared and attacked you, it was wearing all of Carlton's clothes. So right. it might be possible it could imitate a hat. Right, but well, now no, no, Carthra. Yeah, what he's saying is that uh, is that we're we're hiding our marks so that it, if it's watching us, if it's like you know scoping us out, then it won't see that we have marks, and then when we fight, we're like, ha ha. And uh, and throw off our hat. So Jonathan the Magimuscular is actually... Does the robe of rainbows have a hood? No. Dang. Okay. No, sorry. I need to get... I, I need to... Hey, Bernie. Bernie. Yes? Can you add a hood to my robe? Travancore sighs, takes off his cloak, and puts it around Jonathan. To yeah. Start this conversation. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm the old, wait, did you assume I'm going to, I'm going to ask this nicely, and I'm only going to ask it once, Jonathan, do you assume I know how to sew because I'm the only female here? No, I thought you've sewn stuff before. Julia Rogers has sewn things before, which is why you are confused. Probably. I mean, I can, um, give you stitches if I run out of magic. Right, it's stitches for your clothes. Yeah, that's sewing. You are, in that respect, you're the only one that can do it. <laughs> in that respect, yes, I can suture you a hood if that hood, I can, if you would like today, I will spend my entire day, instead of protecting Ectiarn's grove, I will pull up grasses from the ground. I will beat them with a rock until they are fibrous. I will weave them into a thread. I will weave that thread into a cloth, and I will then cut that cloth and sew it. Where am I getting the goddamn hood from, Jonathan? I mean, when you put it like that, it makes me sound like an asshole. <laughs> um, and then Jonathan remembers that he has a cloak of a, a favorite cloak. That probably has a hood, right? think that has a hood all right sure why not i know the rainbow one does not so i'll say sure he's gonna pop the collars of both cloaks that that would be accurate yeah he is the, <laughs> he is the broiest of wizards it's only appropriate the broiest of wizards he he doesn't currently have any collars because the neither the favored cloak nor the rainbow robe that he is wearing has a collar and yet they are still popped Oh, <laughs> he's that magical. If that a magical. collar is popped and it's not existent, is it actually popped? In yes. your case, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Bernie's going to use her uh, cloak of many colors to just make sure she uh, has a hood. The cloak of many fashions? Yeah, cloak of many fashions. It's a really nice cape. It's like, uh, it's made from uh, that really like durable khaki material. 
but it's aligned, so it's soft on the inside. You now you now have a hood. Seekin looks around and says, uh, so anything you want me to do today? Unless we're going to get attacked again, that seems to be a, a theme. Yeah, um... We had many questions for trees, didn't yeah, we? Didn't yeah, didn't Travancore want to talk to the trees and ask them if oh, they yeah. seen the Lord? Yeah. Travancore, what do you want me to ask the trees? Hmm. Just, like, well, I don't know if they have any information they gave us about last night. I mean, they have some presence or awareness, so anything that they saw that's usual, anything they perceived would, would be helpful to us, in, in theory. Okay. Do uh, you want me to talk to a specific tree? You want me to talk to the uh, heart tree? And he points to the big weeping willow. Anywhere you want me to ask in, in specific? Because I can do that now. I'm going to follow some advice from a group of beings who recently killed, and we're going to go for the heart. We're going to talk to the willow tree. Oh, okay. And he kind of he kind of looks odd but excited all at the same time. Sorry, I have to pull something up here. Oh. Okay. He walks on up to the big willow tree and places his hands upon it and then concentrates for a second. And I'm double checking if he can talk with, if, if just Seekin can talk to the tree or if the tree can talk or what's going on. So just making sure I got the correct thing with the spell. How, how appropriate that I'm the one who's giving the question, seeing as how I was very briefly a plant myself. You might know yeah, the right questions. That's to ask. why you're. That's why you're multi-classing as a druid. You like <laughs> try to get in touch with your roots. Ah, uh, 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 too uh, soon, Julia. Too soon. <laughs> I love that you have you have the figure guns. I've got the jazz hands. We need some more stuff. God, is that what I've been doing to people for the last ten years? Yes. <laughs> yes. Not Someone... not as much the finger guns, but yes, everything else. Okay. Seekin puts both his hands on the tree. And closes his eyes and concentrates for a second. And then his eyes fly open. He goes, oh, okay. And then he reaches out Travancore and he grabs you by the shoulder. And he says, all right, go ahead and ask your questions. We got some time. Okay. And Travancore, in your head, although coming from the tree, you now hear a voice that says, speak. The beholder that was here yesterday did you get a good look at at, the, at that being that was not a beholder well what was it then it was a fairy oh. it was a fairy do you know if it's from home by any chance or what which fairy it was are you familiar with the fairy at all i do not know this fairy but it is a fairy it may be in the guise of a beholder at this moment but its soul is of a fairy. The other beings that were, were with this fairy, did you recognize any of them? The Ublex has tried to destroy me for ages. So the Ublex may have put the, this fairy up to it. How long is it the Ublex? He says for ages. Like, what is an Ublex exactly? Is its name Bartholomew? Sorry. The Ublex and I <laughs> have warred. For ages, it is an evil that does not belong on this plane. But while it is here, it seeks my destruction. Not of this plane. That means it could be banished, potentially. Okay. Did, were, have you been here before, Ektiarn? Did Ektiarn place you here? Is there a difference? Oh. Seekin looks any... at you with wide eyes like... Yeah, mine... What did you just ask? <laughs> Yeah. 
I don't know if I'm able to communicate with the rest of the party while I'm talking to this tree or not. Like, I want to see if they have any questions for, for, for the tree I just well. assumed you'd been saying stuff out loud. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we can hear its um, responses. You, none oh. of you can hear the tree. Travancore, I'll let you decide if you've been... You're hearing the tree in yeah. your head, and it's I'd obvious repeat, that... It, it makes sense that I would repeat what the, the tree said for everyone's benefit. Okay. Then, yeah. So he's kind of having this r- running commentary back and forth. Uh, none of you hear the tree. None of you hear Seekin when he turns to, to Travancore, and he's, he has the mind-blown moment. Travancore, that's all in your head. But yeah, you can you can definitely speak. Okay. What questions do you all have for for, for the Willow? I, I guess I see Jonathan raise his hands. Go ahead, Jonathan. Ask your question. And I'll, I'll repeat it back to the Willow. How do you kill Anublex? If I could have done it, I would have. But everything has its price. So, so like, does it not like cold or, or like, does radiant damage do it? Acid. Acid? I'm I'm assuming Travancore is <laughs> yeah he's, I'm he's doing the translation. All the pauses and the awkward yeah. la- awkward language. I'm cleaning it up for you, buddy. Okay, like, <laughs> I'm making it look okay. real real good. It very rarely can encounter me directly because when Ekthiarn is here, there is nothing allowed without his permission. So oh. I do not encounter the Ublex except when it sends its minions to me. The last night was the closest it had ever come. Can you sense when Ekthiar is close by, or would you have a a beat on when he's coming back? I do not know his mind. Mr. Willow, sir, is the Ublix name Bartholomew? Perchance. I do not know its name, only its nature. And and not how to kill kill it, not none of the killing parts. That, I mean, you're a tree, and I don't expect you to uh, be versed in abject violence. That would be weird. Uh, but no, nothing, nothing about killing, killing it, killing it on, no. Nothing that I would know. Nothing that you would Carlton, as everybody else is having this discussion back and forth you're kind of watching travancore relay these questions as bernie and jonathan are are very intent on trying to figure this out and talk to the tree and you're kind of glancing around you see the beholder Uh. it's over on the east side where it keeps trying to come at you it's currently hiding or trying to hide in the trees and you think that it thinks that it's hidden because it's the main bulk of its spherical form is like behind a couple of trees but you clearly see like three eye stalks around one way and a couple eye stalks around another hey 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 you uh, beholder person if you close your main eye you can slowly float towards us roll a persuasion check did did we hear that statement Oh, I, I would assume so. Yeah, <laughs> you Carlton right is just shit, talking shit, in his mind. Shit. We talked. Shit. We talked about having them come join. Nine. I know. I know. But still, uh, Carlton, were you paying attention to the entire conversation? No, I was watching for the uh, the the things. Carlton says this. <laughs> Jonathan freaks out, and all of the eye stalks in this beholder like fold back up behind the tree. But you can still kind of see the purple bulk around it. It, it did a very poor job of hiding it did maybe a natural one on its stealth check and, <laughs> oh. yeah hey 
Lauren, why did the beholder slash potential fairy fail? Because it it's looking at a whole bunch of people. <laughs> because just... it's this big round bulbous thing hiding behind a slender tree. <laughs> Bernie's oh, got to cast dispel magic on the boulder. Uh, yeah. what's the range of dispel magic? One hundred and twenty feet. You cast it. Hold on I mean, a second. What, I, I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to. I what, can I do like a quick check to see if Bernie thinks dispel magic could get rid of its beholder thing, or if she would need to greater restoration that shit. Let me look up Ooh. something. Real, well, okay. That's a good call. <laughs> the question yeah. is, so you'll have to answer for yourself whether Bernie thinks dispel magic is the correct answer. Or does Bernie want to take a set? Does Bernie want to just cast dispel magic? Or does Bernie want to take that moment that you are looking at this beholder before it acts or the, the sides of this beholder to try to figure out what it might be? I'll leave that up to you. What do you guys want to do? I love the the notion that Bernie would immediately be like, why not? I mean, might as well. I mean, if that fixes, if that unbeholders it, then, and if not, it's not like it's going to like kill it. It's not like, hey, if you fail to dispel something, it dies. I, I don't see a downside. She wants to cast it at fourth level. Okay. You cast it. I might need to use my spell casting ability, actually. And, um, give me a second. I'm trying to figure out whether it would actually work and you need to roll or whether I need you to roll. Roll. Bernie. Roll. Bernie. 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 It doesn't work real at the same time. <laughs> she can fix this in post. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is whatever spell this yes! was is higher than Huzzah! fourth level. Huzzah. Bernie. It's a 25. 10 plus the spell level is what the DC is. Yep. Yeah. So even if it was a ninth level spell, it would have to be a 15 level spell right now. That's why I needed to know. Okay. Bernie casts a spell. Bernie, like, Bernie doesn't really quite understand how the eye thing works. She thinks she can't look at it in the eye, so she just puts her hand out and is like, well, at this very moment, you actually don't see the eye. It's, it's, it's been trying to hide behind a couple trees. So basically what you see are like the outer edges of this thing. And the eye, there were the little eye stalks that were sticking out the sides looking at you that then retracted. So you still see its bulk, but its main eye is hidden behind the tree. So at the moment, you none of you feel like you've lost any magical abilities. And you do cast the spell. It's not, this was never like, oh, you can't. I just had to look up numbers and things. You cast a spell magic and... The beholder vanishes. Oh. And then you all hear <gasps> behind the tree. And a small Is the tree line still open? Uh Zekin looks at you and goes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as for, I can hold this for like ten minutes, and as long as I'm touching you, you can talk to to the tree. That's a weird thing. I can't usually do that, but the tree said that I could do that, so that's kinda cool. But I can do this for like ten minutes. You you know everyone's real forms by looking at them somehow. Um, when you look at me and my my party members, uh, the the half orc, the gnome, the human, what do you see? You're asking the tree. I'm yeah. assuming not yeah. Zeke. In the meanwhile, Bernie is actually gonna start running towards the tree line. Okay. As Bernie takes off, Travancore, you hear in your head this tree answer and say, "If you are asking if I see the Ublex, I do not." Well, what do you see when you see us, though? I see a ladronkin, an half-orc, a human, a gnome. 
a bear, an owl, a dog, and another dog. <laughs> but would the owl really look like an owl? Would it? The owl, yeah, Bucks is an owl. Okay. In his form, that's why a bunch of things. Anyway, yeah, he, so yeah, he he celestial does... software running on owl hardware. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's actually a that's very great. That's that's why I oh I love the the taste of owl of a uh, oh not owl flesh ooh that'd be great. ghastly no that'd no, be weird uh, mouse, that'd be mouse super flesh. weird ooh, don't make it weird mice, bucks my, squirrels oh have you ever had squirrels and you see bucks at the notion of this start like going back and forth he might be hungry. We'll None of you hear this, by the way, because no. you can speak with the tree <laughs> right now, but you can't speak with animals. But Jonathan hears it in his brain. It's like got to be weird images, like happiness of the the motion happiness mixed with dead animals. As I yeah. assume the like, yeah. it's kind of grisly. It's weird. Pretty much, pretty much. All right, Bernie is has. Have you mounted Coco Snoot? And you're running for the tree line, or are you no. just booking it? Coco Snoot staying by the tree. Okay. Bernie starts running for the tree line. Uh, Travancore was taking a brief moment to double check with the tree. What, what are Jonathan and Carlton doing? Jonathan the Magimuscular is kind of kind of like back up Bernie. Like he's he's not going to run like all the way to where Bernie is, but he's going to like kind of follow. And like Bernie is is going for the tree and Jonathan the Magimuscular is trying to like focus around her so that something like doesn't come behind like another tree and like get her. And Bucks is going to kind of do the same thing. I, I kind of scratch my head at the fact that the beholder just went poof. Oh, okay, so we can do that now. And then I see Bernie like run past me towards the tree line where the beholder just was. I went, um, well, I should probably go with her. So I'm gonna I'm gonna draw my uh, storm's fury at a defensive position and follow Bernie. Okay. Bernie, because everybody else either has to think twice about it or because they're they're giving you backup, you are the first person to get around the tree and you round the tree that you'd seen this beholder behind that you cast the spell magic and you look down and there lying in the dirt is a fairy, a pixie. Hello. It's kneeling on the ground, gripping the ground wide eyed. And then it looks up at you and it goes, <laughs> We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offer stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need to game day and stay organized at the table. Their Mimic Chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands at a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets in each Mimic Chest make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on September 23rd, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. Z-O-O-M-V-I-N-Y-F-I-Q-H K-A-A-S. 
So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. And there, lying in the dirt, is a fairy. A pixie. It's kneeling on the ground, gripping the ground, wide-eyed. And then it looks up at you and it goes, <laughs> How long is it going to last? How long is it going to last? Is it going to go away? Am I going to have to do this again? Am I going to go back? No. You, is it for good? Is it for good? It's is, for, am I for it's, good? You're for good. Are you sure? I'm very sure. Because no one else was able to do that. And I've been, I've been that thing for a while. And, and now I don't know. I didn't, like, is it going to come back? Is it just for a little bit? You're not going to turn back into the beholder. Are you sure? I'm as sure as I can possibly be without rolling. Okay. <laughs> and she starts to cry. And Travancore, at this point, you finish your conversation of like double checking that everybody is themselves. And you hear this gentle weeping behind the tree. And despite the fact that the creature you heard last night crying was of a different body, the cadence, it's the same creature. And she just starts to weep on the ground in terror and in gratitude and is just <laughs> hey hey uh, it's okay it's okay so you killed everybody that you did but you did they almost killed me but then, we didn't kill you and i'm sort you were of gonna kill me i'm sorry about that part i didn't mean what i said about your dad and i didn't mean what i said about your mom not being your real mom and it's okay i would have tried to kill you too i know i know you would have and then we would have it would have been bad but guess what hey hey guess what look at me look at me look at me you're not beholden anymore and we all know it's gonna die and it you can come sit with us next to this Ni- nice. Hey, hey, Birdie! Is is it dead? It's <laughs> is, is it's it a, dead? No, you idiot! It's not dead. It's a fairy. A okay, it's just check it. Wait, really beholders are fairies? No, no, <laughs> Carlton, go back, go back. You're gonna scare it. Okay, would you like to come with me and sit in the nice grove and have a snack and explain to us why you were turned into a beholder? Roll a persuasion check, because she's super grateful at what you've just done. But just eight hours ago, you you scared the shit out of her. Hey, that's another 25. <laughs> it's up, it's good. This gentle offer, despite the, the recent trauma, despite the fact that she is now looking at these creatures who were threatened the hell out of her last night and made her run. She she nods and she kind of wipes herself off and dusts. She's got this... Um, a lot of the, the fairies and the pixies you saw at home were wearing like simple shift dresses or like pants and a, and a poofy shirt, really simple garments. And she's got a similar attire on, but it looks frayed and worn. Um, she kind of dusts it off a little bit and she nods and then manages to fly up into the air on her little, little tiny wings and is going to very slowly follow you if as you walk back into the clearing. Uh, what's your what's your name, by the way? My name is Lucilla. Lucilla. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. And so Bernie's gonna walk back in with like her hands, kind of like calm, calm guys, calm. Okay, friends. So this is Lucilla, and she's not a beholder. She is, in fact, a pixie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not going to say any mean things, right? Right? Oh, no. 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 
I'm sorry for the things I said. I was afraid. Uh, Carlton just does like the fingertips to the mouth and like as if he's zipping it shut. Like <laughs> that's right. We're all sorry because. And then I hand the the imaginary key to Bernie. <laughs> Bernie puts it in an imaginary pocket and she's see. Why don't you come sit with us and we'll ex- you can explain how you got turned into a beholder. Mm, okay. All right. It- it would have been okay if you'd killed me because it would have been probably better because then then I wouldn't have been a danger to anybody. So it would have been, I mean, it was mean, but it was also like totally, I would have killed me if I could have when I was that thing because I didn't want to be that thing anymore. So it's okay. Hi, Lucilla. I'm talking to this tree. Do you have any questions for it? We are talking also to a tree today. So it's going to be a very interesting day as far as days go for us, which is really saying something. Travancore, when you say this, her eyes go huge. And she immediately flies over to the willow and puts her own hands on the tree. And there's a brief moment, and then she closes her eyes, and then she nods. And then you finally see her smile a little bit. And like a couple tears finish coming down her her cheeks, and she wipes them away. And then she pats the side of the tree, and she says, Okay, all right, no, he... He said it was going to be okay. That You fixed it. Thank you. Does Travancore have like her chief or anything like that? Yeah, I'm sure you would have like a handkerchief or a- Yeah. I hand her something so she can clean herself up. So you pull out a, a, a what would be a half-elf-sized handkerchief, which would be like the size of her, and hold it out to her. And she comes flying up to you. And instead of like obviously taking the whole thing because it would be a, like a bed sheet to her, she takes a corner and wipes wipes herself off. And then- lets you take it away again and then gives you a small smile and nods and says thank you thank you thank you i didn't i didn't know if i was going to be able to do anything and if i was going to have to i was afraid i was going to have to kill you in order to to get to ekthiar and to get him to fix this because because and she looks over at carlton and she says you told you told me that you were going to try to stop me and then you were trying to help me try to stop your friends <laughs> what yeah sorry it's just the you know my 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 owl overheard you talking to him which we now know is an ublex yep. which is super weird what's an ublex i don't it's, know it is a deceitful creature apparently it can it can take forms or no it can uh it can create copies apparently and one of those copies was trying to get you to attack us as a beholder so that's why we were a little freaked out plus we had been it was foretold that we would encounter a beholder but i think i think this is probably the best way this whole beholder thing could have ended mm-hmm. Bucks flies over to uh to lucilla and since he's a pygmy owl he starts looking really cute he gives her the big owl eyes. <laughs> well, so he he ends up like flying on your shoulder because she's still hovering in the air. But like, yeah, they give each other kind of big. He gives her big owl eyes and she she goes and like goes to nod at him and then kind of cocks her head a little bit curiously. He cocks his head. Yeah. And you get you get the sense that she might be able to tell that this is not just an owl. But she doesn't say anything. She's. Give some kind of curious look. He looks so fucking adorable right now. Let me tell oh, you. Okay, but in fairness, when is Bucks not adorable? Not, Come on. never. Always. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like Shadow can sometimes be mean and nasty if he wants to because he's a bear, but most of the time, adorable, even in the armor. <laughs> so, uh, Lucilla 
flies down and lands next to the tree uh, and kind of stands there, one hand kind of on the tree, almost like emotional support, not really supporting herself, just like a comforting, kind of like you would hold a friend's hand. And she says, well, the half-orc that was in the forest, that was you, but not you, and she looks at Carlton, it was uh-huh. you, not you, was trying to convince me that you were all really nasty, mean people who were going to keep me from from the, the tree and from Ekthiarn, and that I needed to come and, 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 and take care of you and kill you. Uh, and then once that happened, that, that, that he would help, that you would help, that he would help, that you would help, this thing would help. I don't it. know. It, they. Sorry, I spoke without the key. I, 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 I'm fine. I'm okay. But, and then I would be able to talk to Ekthiarn and, and he could fix this. Because if he can't, if he couldn't have fixed this, then nobody could have fixed this. So that's, wow. that's, that's all I know. I, I know. I don't know why. Well, yeah, and thank you. I didn't, I didn't know anyone, and no one else wanted to fix it. Every time I would go to talk to somebody, they would see that I was a giant beholder and try to kill me. Are you from home? Originally, yeah. Yeah. Were you the, when you were in the beholder form, were you in the town, like, asleep? Well, that was me. Yeah. I got, I got turned into that. The, the, the nasty hag lady people did that to me. Oh, we killed them. Yeah, they are gone now. Forever. Oh, okay. I burned okay, their okay. house down. Okay, good. Good, yeah, good, good, the, good. the kid was, like, I don't know, kids keep attacking us, and so we have to keep killing all these children. You're well, not a not child, fun. are you? That wasn't a child. That, no, 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 they're hags. They, they, they don't do... The, right, but the one they, hag was a baby hag. Yeah, maybe, but they're, that's still, like, a couple hundred years old. That's still, I, I, she I looked think like even... She was six! Yeah, but you look like you're, you're, like... How old are you again? You're, like, How two. old do you think I am? You look like you're two. No. He's not, not two, but you're not that far off. I act yeah. like I'm two. Just, just you, you can... She she suddenly looks like she's about to say something profound and also realizing how uh, how it's going to sound in this moment. She goes, you can't always trust what you see. We are getting a master class in that shit in, the, in this place. You're not from here? No. No. Oh. 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 Yeah. Okay. But how treacherous would it be to get back home? Uh, from, no, I could get home. I could, uh, yeah, sure. That'd be fine. It's not that far from here. You got here. We had a escort, but I was wondering if we could send any messages back. I'll, yeah, whatever you want. You helped me. I'll help you. Whatever you need. Back, back to, back to my home. But I'm, I'm definitely going back there. I want everybody to know that I'm not a beholder anymore. I don't even know if they, they knew that it was me. By the time I came back, I was a beholder, and they think they probably think I'm dead. Well, this will be a surprise. Yeah. Good surprise. surprise to me. It was a surprise to me when it happened. It was a surprise to me when they attacked me. It was a surprise. The whole thing was a surprise. Not good surprises. No. I like good surprises. It's probably safer anyway because that that uh, Ublex is still out there. <gasps> so yeah, this it's uh, it's dangerous around here. Tell you what, can it gonna... turn me into a beholder again? Because I don't want to go back out no, of there. No, no, no. I don't. I don't even want to go out there. I want to. I'm just gonna stay here by the tree. If that's like, I'll stay here by you, and then you can just keep me from being a beholder again. Because I don't. Wanna, I don't want that to happen. And well, she like rips okay. the bark harder. I want to insight why she wants to stay so close to the tree. Because it's going to be safe. Sure. Well, we were also told not to let anybody, like, come in here. Thirteen. Uh, you think that she might have been talking to it, and that 
as, as a creature of the Fae, as a creature of the natural world, the same way you have had a connection to this world and the, the, a little bit of a connection to this tree. That's what it feels like to you. Okay. Travicor could just ask the tree. Well, I think she did. Like, when I asked the tree, what did she say? She said she saw a fairy. So I guess Travancore will just ask, like, um... Well, so is she being sincere or is she up to no good? Well, yeah, I guess I'll ask something along those lines. Like, you know, do you sense that this uh, fairy's intentions are... Or, or she's, she's being honest. Maybe just ask if it's cool if she sticks around for a bit. And I'll follow up with that. Thank you, JMM. The tree answers... And Seekin kind of reaches back out to touch you as you do this. It seems like Seekin needs to make contact with you in order for this to happen, this conduit. And the tree answers and says, I cannot read her thoughts, but she is in her true form now. And none of the Fae here would harm me. She is welcome. If she was not, she would not be here. Okay. I mean, that's good to know. Uh, oh, uh, when when JMM give you the double thumbs up, he lit both his thumbs on fire and cast Mage Hand for a third thumbs up. Like you do. Like you do. The, uh, the fairy, um, as you relay all of this, the uh, Lucilla says, well, listen, I mean, I, I want to go home. I really do. I want to go see my family again. I want to go see everybody. But I'm worried about this thing that's out there that, that can look like Kim points at carlton and she says i i don't i mean usually i can go make the trip home by myself but if that thing is still out there then i don't i don't know i mean well then you need to wait for ectheon to come back because we're not leaving here until ectheon's back yeah Yeah. i'm okay with that i'll stay here as as long as we need i'll i i can yeah 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 yeah. and she looks totally amenable to not leaving the side of the tree Yeah, Jonathan just starts to casually add, "Yeah, it can look like her, like uh, like Carlton. It can probably look like me. I'm oh, can it do what I do? The thing, the the, the thing, the thing. Yeah, the the Ublex. Can Whoa. the Ublex copy my abilities, like Fireball? The fairy looks at you and says, oh, "I I just thought it was your friend. I don't know what he can do. He was telling me about all the stuff that to try to to, to try to defeat you." And can like, you did... ask the tree, please, Travancore? If yeah, the Ublex yeah. now has the ability to fireball. I I'll ask what the tree knows about the Ublex capabilities, seeing as how they're somewhat familiar. Okay. The the tree says, in my experience, it learns what it drains but it does not learn abilities oh shit okay oh. cool. okay that's Ooh. good that's that's good that's good it learns skills it learns tactics it learns the mind it mimics the form guys that looks like not, is gonna be real angry it does not learn the skills okay that's good to know Thank All you right, so much for answering our questions. Is there anything we can do for you? You have already done much. Guys, we ain't done. Last call. Any other questions? Is there, like, is there anything at once? Like, make it more comfortable? A little more water? I got coffee. Yeah. Why is there no tea in the Feywild? Do That's you a like... very good question. Let's have... <laughs> oh, yes. okay. So Travis Corey is curious about this, too. So he'll, he won't... That gets through his filter. Um, is it true that there's no tea in the Feywild? There is no tea in Mithrendian. Well, Mithrendian, so maybe further out, but I'm frankly not willing to go that much further out. 
the quest for tea. There's no tea here in this grove. Dang, that was going to be my next Actually, question. Actually, <laughs> there's tea in my book bag. Well, she can't see in your book bag. She can't read binds. Uh, and Travancore, you get the sense that this this tree is sensing other plant life and not necessarily like inorganic matter, which is technically what her tea leaves would be. Like oh. you, you almost feel like this tree is sensing the the space around it, looking for actual plants that could be turned into tea. You also get the sense when you're asking that question that it's not that there's no tea in the Feywild. You've just encountered places that have no tea. Ah. Uh, mm. Well, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular was going to send Bucks on a little tea-finding mission, but uh, uh, I guess that's not necessary now. But yeah. on the way back, be on the lookout. As parting words, as the spell starts to fade, the tree says, everything here is fine, but nothing here grows for you. It grows for me. And the spell fades. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gods. <laughs> hey, fairy friend. Oh, <laughs> Tina. I point to the west and I go, hey, fairy friend. Don't, mm-hmm. fly, don't go over there. That's the no zone. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. There's a, okay. a glyph there. It'll explode into a Yeah, don't go over there. No zone. Yeah. You, don't go you, you told me. You said don't go over there because there's the, the glyph thing. And that to the north, there's a whole bunch of bramble and stuff. And to the south, there's a whole bunch of holes in the ground. Wait, we told you that? Yeah, you, you, yeah. well, you, well, the you that was in the forest that was, I guess, the bad you, the, the not you, you told me about all that. How about we spend the rest of our day moving uh, everything around? Yeah, we gotta move. Yep. Chubbcore wanted things. to look at the, uh, he wanted to look at the holes he dug to see if there's any sense of anything being disturbed or moved or anything like that, or any signs or, or, or footprints, anything he can potentially track. I feel like it sure. knows because Carlton knew, right? And Jonathan yeah. knew. Not because it snuck up. Right. So yeah, so Travancore goes to check out the holes. Go ahead and roll me an investigation check. Um, yeah, now from what you've all gathered, though, that seems to be from what the tree said. From what you have all gathered, yeah, it's it probably read your mind and knew about all that stuff. Detective Travancore got busted back down the officer. He got here all the four. <laughs> oh no! You're still so <laughs> overcome. Beat cup, uh, cup Travancore. You're still overwhelmed with the sense of of the. The presence of this tree, this it's not really a holy creature, it's not a god in its own right, but it's obviously a a plant that is hundreds, thousands of years old, and certainly the the presence around it, your ability to speak to it wasn't the spell didn't let the tree speak. The spell let you speak to the tree. If you get cat my catch my drift. So that feeling still is kind of swirling around in your brain. As you get to the tree line and kind of scan over where you know the holes are, and they look fine. Uh, Nothing looks uh, disturbed. Oh, that's a pretty good reason not to, to be on, on your A-game. Um, Travancore wonders to himself whether that's what happens to all plants who live sufficiently long enough. Like, if you put a tree, any random tree, in the ground and it grows for thousands of years, does it get that powerful, that omnis- omniscient? I guess I'll never know, or at least not in this moment. The world <laughs> may never know. Do-do, do-do, do-do. Jonathan the Magimuscular has a think. Bernie wants to ask the fairy. Um, did Carlton, did evil Carlton tell you about where you should step 
mostly just not where where not to go. There seemed to be a lot of places I could, and as a as a, as both of me and that the beholder me, I could float. So there was really not much that was going to stop me anyway. I just the nose the, that no zone. I don't yeah no zone. Don't go there. And like if I needed to, I could have flown over, but it would have taken a while to go over all the the bramble stuff, and you would have seen me coming. But no, no, it was mostly where not to go. Bernie has a feeling the Ublik will be back. Does everybody else get this feeling? Pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Bernie's going to make a second nozo. Jonathan the Metromuscular also has a thought along those lines. Yeah, Jonathan. Do you think that with Mage Hand, I could move the nozone that, that it already knows about? So you put up a second one, but we also move this one. That's a glyph um, of warding, right? That's a glyph, yeah. Uh, we can look up Mage Hand real quick and see what the range is. Touch. It has to be touched. Which would be what Mage Hand does. I don't know that I want to risk exploding us all into ice, but I was thinking we could add a no zone, and that no zone could be very close. There's, I've been thinking about it, and we sort of have like this hole to the south west. What if we put a no zone there? So, like right here? Yeah, one that kind of overlaps with the current no zone. And what if I put something in there that might. Oh, I don't know. Instead of. Do I know Thunderwave? Am I. Am I getting my character spells? Yeah, I don't you have a might bard. be. That's usually a bard not thing. A bard. That's a bard spell. Yeah. God fucking fuck. Um, that's okay. Looks like uh, Mage Hand can't activate magic items. Yeah, but that's uh, it's talking about if you were holding a wand or something. That's what that right. means. In this case, because what this is is a uh, spell that's triggered by touch. It's not the. The technical way this is working is the mage head wouldn't act, be activating it. The mage head would be touching it. The touching would cause the rune to go off. So, so yeah, I would, I would say you could the mage hand could go into the no zone because it looks like in order for, um, so you inscribe the glyph on a rock and the rock is there in the no zone. Um, the Activating it is touching the rock, so basically moving on to that space. The reason there's a no zone is because it's, if I remember correctly, it's an explosive rune which has a twenty foot radius. I thought it was if you come within that radius, it you explodes. Said, no, here, let me. Yeah, pull you it have up. to. Yeah, you have to actually. It touch. can cover. You inscribe a glyph ball. It can cover an area no larger. If the surface of basically the, I think the idea is that you don't have to touch the object. You have to come in the ten foot radius, and when you're in the ten foot radius, it goes off, and then the spell expands to a twenty foot radius. Let me take a look. Because that's ten foot radius that we have based on the nozone glyph. The glyph can cover an area no larger than 10 feet in diameter. If the surface or object is moved more than 10 feet from where you cast a spell, the glyph is broken. Okay. So, all right. I could move it then, because I cast it. You'd, you could. I have to double check 10 foot. So basically, the nozone, it's, uh, it would be that little square that the... Let me go back. So it's not a little rock that you cast the glyph on then. It would be a 10-foot stone or like a 10-foot area of the ground, let's say, if you wanted it to be a 10-foot area. And then what happens is anything in that 10-foot area, if something touches it, 
then the explosion would go off and the explosion is in with, within 20, 20 feet of that, yeah. which is uh, why she had to put it there so it didn't touch any of the trees. Gotcha. So 10 foot radius, 20 foot diameter. So you technically have five more feet of the no zone that you could go into before you'd be in trouble. But my, I, I think in order to backtrack a little bit, bit of this, it would have to, in order to get the full 10 feet radius, you'd have had to cast it on the ground and thus it wouldn't be movable. Now, if you want to say you cast it on a rock, let's see, can you move it? So it says you further refine the trigger. So the spell activates only under certain circumstances or according to physical characteristics, creature kind or alignment. You can also set conditions for creatures that don't trigger the glyph. Okay, so I'll say we can retroactive some of this. So I, I think it would have been anything that wasn't any of your allies touching it would have activated it. But I think you need to decide, is this a, a, a handheld rock, in which case you could move it, but it's not going to have as big of an area to, to activate? Or you could have active, you could have cast it on the ground and got the full 10 foot radius. But in that case, you're not going to be able to move it. Oh, Bernie wants the full 10 foot radius. She is more than willing to create a second no zone okay. in an area that I think it'd be worth our while to make it look like we haven't done anything and like we don't know that it knows where all our stuff is. Okay. And so Bernie's just going to maybe ash. I like the idea that like, if we know exactly where our stuff is, what we do is we put new secret stuff just a little bit to the side of our stuff in the areas that it would think would be safe to come through. And I've just added like a 10 foot radius so that it's a little bit more obvious about what you're because so she will have cast it on the ground. Anything within that 10 foot radius will cause it to and then anything within the square, which is the 20 foot radius, will get caught in the blast. Uh, so, yeah. So where would where would you like to place the second one? I think slightly south of it. Bernie wants a no zone. Bernie wants to think about the fact that if she knew something was there. And she knew there's this, like, whole hole to the south. Basically, there's a hole to the southwest, right? Or, yeah, southwest. And she wants to cover that hole. And she wants to do it. I think the idea is she's going to make it look like she's marking off the old no zone to, like, double check that it's still there. And that's going to be, like, her cover. She's going to really be spending the hour putting in the new, the new no zone. The secondary, because the first the one doesn't go away, right? Yeah, the first one doesn't go away. I couldn't okay. find anything about it. That's why I was like, I'm going to just make another one. No, I think it stays there for like some insane amount of time. Ectheon's going to come back like three months later. Boom! Until dispelled or triggered. So yeah, you could dispel it or until it gets triggered. Okay. And the second no zone is going to be thunder. Because thunder oh, no. sometimes throws people places, and maybe this thunder damage might, if it was good... Throw it into the other no-zone? Throw them into the old no-zone. All right, so Bernie, and since you're trying to make it look like you're just pacing out the first no-zone, I would like you to make a performance check. Can Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of, like, help by being the surveyor's assistant? Like, Bernie tells him something, and then he, like, jots something down pretend and it's like yes uh, oh and over here yeah 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 sure go ahead and as jonathan's doing that go ahead and roll with advantage that's good <laughs> what'd you uh, roll the advantage is a 19 okay yeah i mean there's 
obviously the furthest away point of it, the, the most south you could go, it's a little hard to to get away with. And the two of you have to come up with some creative why Bernie would be marking off that first glyph so far away from it. But you, you, between the two of you making some idle, oh, yeah, what do you think? Why don't you stand over there and see what's going on over here and, you know, make sure it looks okay and blah, blah, blah. You think you're able to, Bernie, you're definitely able to put the glyph down. That's not a problem. Um, but you, you think you do a pretty good job of covering for what you're doing. Well. That takes, I believe that takes an hour, right? Casting time, yes, one hour. Yes, it takes so, an hour. During this hour that Jonathan and Bernie are coordinating on the creation of a second no zone, Travancore, what are you up to? Travancore is going to make some more holes, uh, specifically on the eastern like ridge, like where the tree line ends or right before the uh, the grove starts. He's going to sort of do that whole like perimeter. Let me see if I can point out where that is on the thing. Well, eastern side, so right along the perimeter, so basically yeah, along basically. the exactly. eastern edge. Yeah, okay. so we're all on the edge with the idea that, you know, if anything tries to run in or, like, you know, walk in, it's going to hopefully roll an ankle before it comes in. They'll be stumbling a little bit, giving me a chance to put an arrow in its head. Sure. I mean, you can do that without a problem. Ugh, I'm trying to remember what I had you roll the last time to see how many you could make. I don't remember. So I'm going to say it's probably going to be different. Uh, give me an athletics check because you're trying to dig holes as fast as possible over the space of this hour. Oh, man. Travancore is not very strong. No, and admittedly, this isn't very hard, but... Yeah, five. Okay. Been rolling like terrible today. Uh, I will say you are able to get four holes done. That's four more than we had before. Yeah, kind of the, the same that you did before, deep enough to be able that if someone steps in them, ankle's going to be gone. Leg might be gone uh, within that hour. Carlton, how about you? What you doing? Uh, I'm going to be spending the uh, first uh, half hour there kind of just patrolling keeping an eye out for things. Uh, and then after about like 30 minutes, I'll probably notice that Travancore is having a little bit of a hard time. And I'll go and give him a, give him a hand digging up some of them holes. All right. Uh, I'll say you go ahead and roll a athletics check. Let's see how many within a half hour you can add to the pile of holes. Uh, my athletics is 25. Okay. I'll <laughs> say, so Travancore is able to get two of them done in a half an hour He's able to get two more done in that half an hour. You're able to do uh, three more. Oh. Because you got to take a, a second and like explain what you're doing and like tell tell where it's going to go. So you're able to get a whole line of holes. And uh, a total of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my perception for when I was scouting was a 13. Nothing sparked your interest nothing once again you see like little forest creatures and bugs and stuff everything you would normally find in a forest but you don't see anything out of the ordinary uh Seekin continues to stand by the tree with this fairy and uh the two of them are kind of idly chatting he's mostly just asking questions like so uh what was it like being a beholder and she says eh, it wasn't fun i don't want to talk about it uh, but it seemed kind of powerful. Uh, that kind of had to be cool. Yeah, but I was gonna, I was gonna like destroy all my friends, and that wasn't really good. Oh, oh, Seekin. <laughs> and Seekin says, "Okay, no, that's that's kind of bad. I, I, I get that. No, that's bad." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of bad." And then they they're quiet for a little bit, and then she says, "But the disintegration ray was kind of cool. I wish I kind of had that to be able to do, you know, some landscaping stuff. That would have been really nice. But not, you know, not against anybody. But that was kind of cool." <laughs> And Seekin's like, yeah, yeah, I could see where that'd be useful. Yeah. Anyway, 
the day wears on. Is there anything else you would like to do? Bucks at some point is going to join. If Lucilla is like seated at all, Bucks will fly next to her and just kind of like owl sit boop, next to her. Okay. And look adorable. <laughs> look adorable. No reason except to be adorable. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Bucks is kind of like angling to be a comfort animal. Okay. <laughs> go go ahead and roll a persuasion check for Bucks. Okay. Oh, this is going to be great. Let's see. Let's see how predatory he's going to look. Eh, middling predatory. Let's see those uh those stats. What do you get? Uh he rolled a 10, but I think he's got a negative on his charisma, so it's probably like an 8 or 9. All right. The floofing helps. He doesn't he doesn't come off as predatory. He kind of comes off as low-level stalkerish. Like <laughs> he and oh, wow. Seekin are having like She's having this discussion with Seekin, and this owl just kind of lands and poofs a little bit and tries to look cute and cuddly. But it just kind of sounds like he's trying to listen in on their conversation. And so they both both give him a look, a look and then move like a foot away and then continue to have the conversation. And then Bucks does that little cute owl sidestep that owls do and tries to, and floofs a little bit more like, hey, pet me. I will be your comfort animal. But of course, he's he's not trained as a certified no, assistance no, animal at all. Doesn't <laughs> this know- is an A-B conversation. You need to owl your way out of it. Yeah, and and once again, she just kind of looks at him, gives him like a curious little look, and then moves away a little bit. And it's it's nothing bad, but certainly she's a little, little disturbed by the fact that she's being stalked by an owl. Coco Snoot sees all this as owl. You are embarrassing us. And uh, goes and picks up Bucks in his mouth and Moves him away. Oh, oh dear. Oh no, danger, danger. Ah. No, dogs pick up oh. their young in their mouths all the time. That's but, how they. Uh, but owls don't. <laughs> Will Bucks allow Coco Snoot to pick I mean, him up? He's a pygmy owl. There's not much he can do. So he can fly. He's yeah, like, he can fly away. But he's just. I, I mean, if if it were a completely like unfamiliar dog, yeah, he'd probably try to fly away. But it's pro. It's gentle petting. Yeah. Yeah. In that moment, Coco Snoop became more like a bear than Bucks in Shadow's mind. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh, this is. Oh, oh dear. Ooh, and Coco ooh. Snoot. I think Coco Snoot is like thinking the owl wants love and puts the puts 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 Bucks down, and then and then curls down the ground and says, "If you need snuggle, come to me or better." I like to think that that Shadow has been lying near the tree this whole time, like being like all the animals are kind of together, protecting each other and, and watching over the tree while Bernie's doing her thing. And you know, everybody's doing their thing. And the, the, all the animal companions have like snuggled up together, except for Bucks, who's trying to be cute and is coming off as creepy. And now there's just a pile of animals next to the tree. But, and now Coco <laughs> Suit has returned Bucks to the pile. And so he's going to owl sidestep and floof right next to the the two other animals i'd like to think that during all of this like during the whole conversations there was some sort of little mini animal adventure like what are we going to do for breakfast and there was like foibles and stuff and (laughs) and then at the end like we had no idea that anything had happened but like the animals had learned a lesson are you setting us up for another animal companion adventure (laughs) i mean a really really super low stakes one 
I hope so. Yeah. Well, or in the Feywild, super high. I'm taking copious notes. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> we do have another one shot coming up for our Patreons. If we're not doing the second half of Jonathan's adventure, then, you know, I'm all for playing Shadow again. Anyway, a couple hours go by, the more no zones are created, the more holes are created, the animals have their their fun, and I'd love you all to roll perception check. Animals too? Sure. <laughs> now I'm just Although like, I'm going to give them disadvantage because they're fishing. Yeah, because they're the, I'm going to give the animals disadvantage because they're curled up being adorable. Oh. I think Coco Snoot's just going to be by the tree. That's fine. So, Carlton? It's a natural 1, so it's a 7. Carlton, what are you up to that you completely fail to notice anything going on around you? Well, you know, I really wanted to show off my strength of digging the holes. And I kind of went a little bit faster and harder. I was like, I was using my back more than I should have. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, Ooh. and I'm really feeling it. And yeah. like, I was just really concentrating on like, like laying flat on the ground to kind of like stretch out the back. Maybe got like a rock under the lump for a little lumbar support. <laughs> <laughs> You're just rolling around on it. Okay. Would yeah. do like a cobra oh, pose yeah. or something oh, like oh, that's the spot. Oh, right there. Oh. <laughs> Bernie, can you walk on my back, please? Bernie's like, no. Bernie, what what did you roll? Twenty three. Okay, so no, you're distracted by something when you hear him saying this. Jonathan, what'd you roll? And you and Bucks. Jonathan, the magic muscular, rolled a fifteen, and Bucks, with the disadvantage and advantage canceling, rolls an eighteen. Okay, and Travancore and Shadow. So I'm holding Travancore Jr. right now, and she must be good luck because Travancore rolled a 26, but that's a natural 20. So everybody drink. Everybody drink! You know, you rolled a whole bunch of 19s before. We knew the 20 was on the way. Yeah. However, um, I don't think she's good luck for Shadow because with the disadvantage, he rolled a a 6, but that's like a natural 1. Or 5, rather. All right. So what's Shadow up to that he is completely distracted? Well, I think, like, he thought Bucks was kind of cool, and then he sees him kind of acting like kind of ish, uh, iffy. And that kind of throws his whole worldview into the thing. Like, now he's wondering, is Coco Snoot the coolest one? And it's like, I don't know, like, the animal menagerie for him is almost like high school, because Shadow never had a high school experience. His family was slaughtered by Drakes, so this is the next best thing he gets to it. <laughs> he just wants to be the popular kid. All right, so yeah. he's, he's too busy reevaluating his frame of reference in the social order. Everyone except Shadow and Carlton notice this. Actually, let me start with the natural 20. Travancore... Ekthiarn walks out into the grove. Hi, Ekthiarn. You notice him first. Yeah. Am I sure it's Ekthiarn? Travancore, you notice Ekthiarn. You actually notice Ekthiarn in the trees, and it's mystical almost. You almost see this impressive unicorn appear out of the trees. Uh, the rest of you see Ekthiarn as he leaves the trees and enters the grove. Carlton, Shadow's too busy licking bucks, and Carlton's too busy getting getting the rock on his back in, in just the right spot. Uh, but yeah, Ekthiarn appears. Welcome back, Ekthiarn. Oh, and Jonathan the Magimuscular like, kind of straightens up and brushes off, prestidigitates his robe, because he had been, he'd been kind of working. I see that some changes have been made. At that point, I'm like, oh, hey, you're, you're back. And I, like, stand up, like, brush myself up, like, Ugh. and I, like, I bow. We had to protect the grove with uh, the means available to us, so I hope you don't mind if we move some your stuff around. That is absolutely fine. I did not expect you to not use all of the powers at your disposal. I see that the heart tree still stands. And 
the huge head of this unicorn then looks down at the little pixie that's that's now fluttering there in the air and sees the pixie uh, who still kind of got a hand on the tree and Ekthiarn says hello and welcome and the pixie says and Bernie, roll a, an insight check. That's what I was about to ask if I could do, because I don't think this is at the Oh, good. That's another 23. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know what, what Bernie thinks about Ekthiarn, but the look that the pixie gives you, the pixie knows this is not Ekthiarn. Okay. Uh, a second, like this, this Bernie... I'll say maybe you had like a momentary like, huh, I wonder. And then you looked over at the pixie and the pixie is like freaked out. Something has tipped this pixie off. Uh, Bernie's going to say, Ekthiarn. Uh, where is Ekthiarn in relationship to all of us, by the way? So you're all mostly gathered around the tree at this point. I'll say, you know, where you are is where you are. Ekthiarn has come out of the trees to the uh, northeast, kind of uh, around the corner from where Seekin had created this wall of thorns. And Ekthiarn, while well, well, Bernie contemplates what Bernie, what no, she... Julia's just measuring things and thinking, and she's going to say welcome back and uh she's going to cast flame strike (laughs) (laughs) okay where are you gonna place it on ektion okay but it's got a radius right 10 feet she's gonna have most of the 10 feet coming towards us and not the trees that was gonna be my question all right what is what does ektion have to roll uh deck save it's going to take damage no matter what, so let me go ahead and start rolling that. Yeah, you go ahead and do that. I have to read something anyway. The So Ekthiarn rolled uh, 18. What is my spell save, DC? That's a good question. It it's might be close to 17. All right, so half damage? Yeah, so 18. Well, okay, half of 18 because it's it, so 9. Okay, what did Isn't I roll first? Isn't it 46 fire and 46 radiant? Yeah, so 46 fire, so the fire's first. So 18 fire, so 9 fire damage. Okay. And 46 radiant, which is 19. So we're just going to assume that's another 9 radiant damage. Yep. All right. Ouch. This column of radiant fire erupts. And as far as the rest of you know, Bernie just flame struck Ekthiarn. Who the fuck are you doing? Not ah! who in that moment as the the column <laughs> lands and the this majestic unicorn is left standing there, but feathers from the wings uh, against its side are burnt, part of its face looks blackened, and those piercing blue eyes turn to you, Bernie, and go, how dare you do that in my home i well here's the thing last night i made a beholder cry so i've got a lot of audacity right now and i'm feeling kind of sassy and i think today's the day you die and with that we'll pause there oh pick this up next Uh. time (laughs) i know i know i want to keep going but it's about that time I think when we pick up, we'll, we'll see whether we roll initiative or not, because something's about to happen. But let me give you some experience, and we'll go from there for figuring out 
basically what was going on for Bernie dispelling magic and rolling high enough to get rid of a true polymorph spell, which was a level that nine was spell. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's why I had to I had to do so much looking up. I was just like, is this the is that what the, the like I had so much math. For Travancore having an incredibly interesting discussion with the, the heart tree and encouraging Seekin to have that discussion. For Carlton for being like, I'm going to shut up now. And I'll say this, as a character choice, I respect those moments in where when your character is like, it's just time for me to be quiet. Yep, I know I'm going to say something dumb. And you know what? I don't fear what the fairy will do. I fear what the Bernie will do. And (laughs) Carlton is not dumb. So I think I I think. But I do say dumb things. Oh, yeah, of course. Everyone does. So I'm smart enough to know. I'm going to say something stupid. (laughs) But I have a lot of respect for that moment. And uh, Jonathan, for a couple of successful insights into what exactly might be going on with this beholder. And I'm I'm not going to say any more because we'll see what happens next time. I'm going to give you a total of a 2,500 experience to split between the four of you. And next time, Ekviarn is pissed. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Colin Kalen, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.